0: And now the moment you've all been waiting for.
1: This is the PowerShell Podcast. PowerShell Podcast. It's all about PowerShell and the PowerShell community. It's so easy; even a child can use it. And now, here's your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. Hey, everybody! Welcome back to the PowerShell Podcast. I'm co-host Jordan Hammond with other co-host Andrew Plaw, and today we have special guest Adam Bacon, who has been requested but I, I don't want to say fans, by people who listen out of boredom.
2: Welcome. It's not that bad, is it, guys? How you doing, Jordan? How you doing, Andrew? <laughs> right?
1: Oh, no, that wasn't a comment on you. That was saying I, I just believe that I'm very boring. So everyone listening is like, you know what? I could use a nap. So that's no, just a general you know, some great question.
2: Hopefully we might. You know, yeah, you know, this show might turn it around. You guys might become like comedians after this or something, you know. just done. But yeah, I'm honored to be on the show, guys it's it's you know a proper privilege to just talk about powershell to more than my kids and wife
0: from what i've seen you've been in powershell for quite a while we were looking at a, an article you did in the powershell magazine like 10 years ago um i think jordan was commenting how uh, you looked a little bit different 10 years ago as we all do um so how did you initially get started in powershell
2: that's a really good question um back then uh my beautiful wife because i believe that behind every good man is a great woman and you know i'm blessed with an amazing wife and she'd recently given birth to my first child and i wanted to develop my it career further and you know hopefully bring home some more wonga for this you know family that i was providing for so um at the time uh, the company that i was working for they had a uh, team of consultants that would be going out to these uh, colleges or schools and they were spending like up to a week or maybe more um, going into each classroom and looking at each computer, writing down every single thing about that computer and you know like the time it took and that, it's just crazy. Uh, Obviously PowerShell 1 had come out and although it didn't support um, remoting, you had the WMI capability. So, um, I bought myself a few books and I just got to work reading up on it. And, uh, after jumping through quite a few burning hoops, other people could see that it made sense. Um, and I was able to run this script and we said to the, um, end client, you know, just as long as all your computers are switched on, it's good. And, uh, although it wasn't lightning quick. But, you know, I was able to retrieve all the information that this team of up to five people a week or more were getting, and I was getting it in like 40 minutes, and it was in a spreadsheet. And I could reliably say that it was, you know, 100% accurate because I'm sure you've been there yourself, guys, when you're looking at serial numbers and how small they are, and eights could be Bs or zeros. or And, you yeah, know, when you get to my age, you know, you're proper squinting in your eyes and trying to, you know, work out what these characters are and it's just there's just no need, you know. So um yeah really my, my, my PowerShell journey began with almost auditing, you know, but um it was in the early days and uh and yeah sadly I haven't come on to be some amazing genius. Um and you know the jobs that I've been in not a lot of people even know about PowerShell or you know, or trying to convince them like, hey, we should use PowerShell to do this. So um you know, it's just been like a, a self-learning journey um, to get to where I am today. But yeah, that's, how, that's basically how it's like PowerShell though, is with that, you know, one idea that, hey, we could use this new tool from Microsoft, it's free. You know, it's, it just makes sense, like save a week's worth of work and,
1: yeah. I look how often PowerShell starts with, this is dumb as hell, I don't want to do it anymore. And then it's PowerShell makes it go away.
2: Yeah, honestly, um, yeah, totally.
0: Looking at that first opportunity, um, and you mentioned not being a genius virtuoso these days, but I would say a lot of the stuff you've done blows my mind and is like really pushing my limits of what um, I feel comfortable with. So you're you're definitely pushing some boundaries there, even if you don't consider yourself of the genius variety. Um, but I'm curious. So back in V1 of PowerShell, there was a lot less mainstream kind of understanding of it. Um, Did you read about it and you are like, I wonder if we can query this information with PowerShell? Or was it just discovery or kind of how did you get the idea to even run a command to query information?
2: Well, you know, I was thinking before I got on this show and I've been trying all week, you know, not to use any profanities or cursing words. But I guess it's just kind of like if you chuck enough mud at something, something's going to stick. And uh, I've got that. uh, Is it PowerShell in action, Bruce? Pe- it, uh, yeah, and it's just like I mean, i'm gonna say the acronyms but it's just kind of like wtf you know what i mean like the dude's going up about arrays and multi-dimensional this and objects and i'm just like what, what, what is that all about and you know like i, I heard james brundage on show like the um that you posted the link on and you know he's talking about all these class libraries and as if it's just like yeah, everyone knows about that, and you know the Bruce, like the PowerShell in action, like you know I could read it now, and it maybe not all of it might sense, might not make sense, you know. But um, thankfully, there was like trainers like Don Jones who came out. he could put things in like layman's terms, you know, like explain it as if it was a bicycle or something, and then you're like, oh yeah, that that makes sense. That's what a property is, or well, that's what a method is, and um, and obviously. The books that i'd read they mentioned wmi and you know the windows management instrumentation how that developed and everything so although there wasn't hardly as much on the internet as what there is now there was enough for me to sort of like um you know cobble it together the script and test it and made sure it worked and you know have the proof that it would work and um prior to that i had done like a little bit of dos but you know, um, I think you mentioned yourself that, you know, you'd have a master's degree or anything, you know, I haven't done computer science, you know, I never did university. Um, So sort of when I was at school, they still had like the green and black acorn computers, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't um, really a thing to sort of teach kids, yeah, you could get, you know, a job in IT sort of, so um, yeah, you know, with PowerShell 1, it it, it was just a good learning journey, you know, I believe that it had potential and like I said, you know, I, I had a family now to provide for, and I thought, you know, it's gonna earn me some more longer or something, having this skill. And it totally paid off for that particular task. And, you know, I went on to use it for many other things and throughout my career, you know, I've, I've tried to up my game and, you know, like you said, Andrew, the dashboard stuff that you see me develop and, you know, that was super cool when I was working at one particular job. Um, my colleague, he was using crystal reports to do, um, uh, you know, if like the sales guy was like, I need a sales report for this, or you know, financial reports, and he'd use crystal reports. And you know, I was like, damn, that you know, that's good, but for me, it just wasn't for me. And, um, and then obviously, I came across this, uh, it was called Universal Dashboard at the time, and yeah, I just got hooked on that, so that was super cool, like, you know, being able to develop full on applications um, that maybe didn't really uh, have something to do with IT, like a purchase order system, you know. But to be able to build that from scratch, design the back end, the front end, and make give end users a lovely GUI that you know, they're authenticating through Active Directory. And it just, yeah, it's, it's pretty sweet, you know. Um, but what you can actually do with PowerShell, and uh, that's the whole thing. It's, I don't think a lot of people get that, you know. Like, you can do anything with PowerShell.
0: No, um, I, I think I can really relate to what you're saying too about, you know, kind of getting into IT to have a nice career to provide for your family. That's why I got into IT. Um, I liked how in IT you can get started with a job now, like help desk or tier two or whatever, and then long term there's a pretty high ceiling if you keep working on your skills. And I think that for you and for me and and for probably a lot of people who listen to us, PowerShell really helped take us from where we were to where we wanted to be. Um, and it's really cool to hear how that transpired for you, um, especially in the early days of V1. Like that's, you've been in this for quite a while and have seen a lot of things change over time and have played a certain role in that, so that's awesome. Thank you, yeah.
1: Did you have any sort of scripting background uh, when you decided to try out PowerShell, or is PowerShell your entry into scripting?
2: Um. Well, kind of like a, I was just saying, like um briefly mentioned it that yeah you know I've done a little bit of DOS because at the time um you know I was just like sysadmin you know I, you know how roles can change and that but anyway like I, I knew that the image that they were putting on the machines it needed frag you know it was fragmented it needed defrag and we're talking like days of XP and so you know I was curious about that how I could automate that and I wrote a DOS script for that but um, really, I mean, it's on my blog site, but I think really what got me into scripting. Um, one company I was working for just on a help desk, and we all got invited in for overtime on Saturday. So we came in, and and the boss guy guy was really cool. You know, he provided pizza for everyone, and we we're all sitting there eating pizza. And and this one guy's like, I reckon I could, you know, write a script to just do what we'd all come in to do for overtime, and yeah, the guy did it and pressed the button and it and I was like, damn, like, you know, that guy to me that day was a god. Gotcha. You know, he just done all the work and we got to eat the pizza. So um it's happened a few times, you know, prior to me being able to script that you see someone in the company and they do something, you know, like make the magic happen via a script, and I wanted to be that person, you know, that inspired me enough to be like. I want to be that guy. I don't want to have to run around to like 400 computers or 500 computers to like and do the same thing on it. It'd be cool if I could write a script to just do it for me. And, um, you know, I've got it on my CV that like, I believe that the computers should do the hard work, not because I'm lazy, but you know, that's why they were built. They can do things at a far superior rate than us humans can do stuff. They don't make mistakes. And, you know, if you can script it, why not? I'm not trying to put people out of jobs or anything. But I just think that you can work a lot smarter and have the computer fix itself on a given problem instead of someone getting a call at like four o'clock in the morning on the out-of-hours team to fix it, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I definitely know. Um, whenever I think of scripting and things like that, and you know the efficiency that comes along with it and the fear that comes along with people thinking that you're taking away jobs, I think that um, a lot of the problems in IT are so complex. And even just doing security properly, um, we need all the resources we can get and taking the resources from manual processes that we can automate and then being able to train and kind of like repurpose the labor that wasn't being fully utilized in the past. Um, is a really good thing for uh, businesses. Um, yeah, obviously no one ever wants to put anyone out of work, but an intelligent business will repurpose those assets, I feel.
1: You rarely have an IT person say, I have nothing to do, but you always have an IT person that's buried. So the idea that automating out some of that workload is a negative blows my mind. So I was
2: just going to say, um, sorry, I didn't, I'm not getting too bad to lay mine in, but yeah. What I was just going to say is like um for not just automating stuff that I have to do, I've automated like or developed programs. Um, I know I haven't really blogged about it, but there's that PowerShell studio out there where you can cre- create GUIs. So um, for particular members of staff who were, you know, to me doing things like the dinosaur age, you know, like getting a sheet of paper, putting it up, like, and then writing it down and then cross referencing it in the screen and then t- typing it in. And and when you've got like multiply that by like 8,000 sheets of paper, that's, you know, and then like literally, like, I'm like, hang on a minute, how'd you get this file? Oh, it's a CSV. Well, just wait there, you know, I could, I could build some program and have a browse button that you find the CSV and then you press do my job button and it just works, you know, and like literally, like, um, I've developed so many programs like that out the box, just bespoke solutions, and I know it's a bit cowboy-ish, but it it saves time, like hours and hours, you know, and it works. So I don't see a problem in that.
0: You mentioned PowerShell Studio, and for those who are. Uninitiated. That is a like IDE to create GUIs and PowerShell kind of thing. It's a paid for product by Sapien Technologies. Um, I had that I had a license to that back in the day and what a magical time, um, like to learn PowerShell and then all of a sudden, to be able to create an interface around it that's actually like user-friendly and looks uh, presentable, I, it was so much fun to create solutions using that for different business departments, I think kind of similar to what you mentioned with the cross-referencing thing. I used it a few times to deliver to different departments a little executable that that would do whatever kind of task they needed, very powerful stuff. Um, and it sounds like you that was a positive experience for you. And now, going forward a bit, then you discover Universal Dashboard which kind of reminds me of PowerShell Studio, you know, creating GUIs, but kind of to the next level in a way that I think most people would have had a hard time imagining could exist. Um, How did you initially get into PowerShell Studio? I think you mentioned a job, but how's that whole experience creating really interactive, really visual interfaces for PowerShell?
2: Yeah, so um, after I'd been using PowerShell Studio for a little while, you know, creating people, various programs, um you maybe found it yourself uh but it, it although it does the job but it, it looks pretty basic and pretty windows 95 like so um like i said is i i had a colleague who was uh always creating these amazing crystal reports that you know all the directors and that were like oh very well done you know bloody good job and and then there's me and i could provide these SQL queries and that but you know it was just in a plain Jane Excel sort of didn't look that great. So um, obviously, I saw this Universal Dashboard uh, product that could create these dashboards, and and wow, yeah, what a ride! You know, like yeah, I had to learn some CSS. Yeah, I had to learn sort of the uh, the basics of React, and like you know, sort of designing it in the panels, and then if it shrinks the screen, like how that's going to affect the layout, but it. I was so lucky to get on it you know when the product sort of just came out and and yeah just the things that I could do with it I was I felt like I was producing these better reports than what could be produced in crystal reports and then the fact it was interactive and query in the database like every time they hit that page or that they could have a calendar you know widget or component or whatever you want to call it that they could select a day and then press a button and the result or the graph would appear on the screen, so um yeah it was amazing and I built some full-on applications like a purchase order system, um a complaint system. I even built one like for the the where they had a lot of vehicles, um to manage all the vehicles for like the mileage and when the checks should next be done for the tires and when this check was done so that they know when the next check and And yeah, it was just amazing that you know um, I could develop these applications and at the same time sort of save the company from spending thousands on an equivalent product when they could have someone in house build it. I mean, I wasn't hired as a software developer or anything, but you know it was great that just through learning something I was able to produce that. And then, um, as you know yourself, there was a really cool community on that Universal Dashboards and you know, in the forums and then people were like, Oh, I'd love it if this control existed. And, and I was, uh, you know, Adam Driscoll was kind enough to publish a video on how to create your components. So yeah, I watched that and watched it in slow-mo and watched it again. And, and then after about, I don't know, about the fifth time of watching it or whatever, I was like, <laughs> created my first component and um, yeah, you know, got released a load of modules for that. And, hopefully made quite a few people happy because I've got quite a few downloads on them. So um, yeah, you know, and I did my own blog on that. I started a blog on just universal dashboards and um, yeah, I just had a great time using it.
0: Um, I mentioned this a lot on the show and I will never miss an opportunity to mention it again, but um, the PowerShell team had this thing called the... Uh, sacred vow, which was learn PowerShell, and they'll do everything they can to make it the best investment you've ever made. And it's really cool to hear your journey and how you went from running a command to query the serial number on a computer to developing applications to solve real business problems Um, and really doing developer type stuff. um, That that is quite cool. Um, I have a question with that, which would be, So you're creating this huge application to manage vehicles, keep track of them, keep track of when they need a new repair. How do you approach with a project like that, that is working with a different department, how do you handle establishing what really needs to happen? So you mentioned the cars need to change every so so many thousand miles. Um, How did you have those conversations with the people who knew that information? Um, Because I think that that is a piece of the puzzle that people sometimes struggle with, going from IT and doing, you know, PowerShell scripts there to creating solutions with other business departments and communicating back and forth with them. So I'm curious to hear what your experience was like with that.
2: Um, I mean, all the people that worked at this company were nice, nice people. And um it, it did involve talking to, you know, various different people, asking them the questions because a bit like if you get an IT problem to solve, they might just be like, my computer's slow. Well, what's on the computer is it everything because it just a particular application so yeah you know it's about speaking to the people finding out how they got that information where they recorded it um off the top of my head i think there was like about 14 different spreadsheets that they were you know putting all the different information in and, and it was 14 different spreadsheets so after i kind of Um, got the information about how often, like you say, these checks need to be done and how, how do you currently do it. Then in my head, it was a case of putting it all in a relational sense so I could build the database. And then obviously the type of information that would be getting stored in those tables in the database. And then how I was going to present the front end to the user as an easy interface to be able to like stick it back into the database so um yeah it i mean once you get sort of like dumped the task like that obviously if it's you if it's your first ever go at doing something like that it's going to take you a long time but um thankfully i had done you know like the purchase order system i'd had running by then so i would you know sort of been through the process from start to finish but <laughs> I know that there, there probably is best practices to follow in that, but um, I just like, I like to see how things are being done manually or how the process works currently. And then from looking at what that person's doing, I'm, I'm then able to you know write a script to a solution for it.
1: So it seems like uh, you're always looking for a module to help you out. I was looking at your GitHub repo, you got 86 repos in there. And some of those I read them and like, this is genius. How have I not known about it? Uh, so, so what I'm looking at, you have an image to text where you put in a, an image and it gives you the ASCII version of it. I love that.
2: Yeah, me too. <laughs> That's why I did it, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, hey, you know, um I'm just, like I said, is when I first got into this whole script in Malarkey, it was because these, I don't know if you guys ever watched it, but you know, like the show He-Man or Thundercats or Brave Star, you know, like I grew up in those days, like where there was always that lead character who was like super cool, and 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 to me, like the guy who could press that button and run the script was that guy, you know, he had the power. Um, or she had the power, you know, not being sexist. But yeah, so um obviously. I, I loved ASCII art. Um, when I first learned about that, you know, like, uh, I think it was in one of the early scripting games, I actually competed and I copied and pasted some ASCII art and I put it as a here string. And I think it was that Richard Sidaway and he was like, well, oh, I'll give you some extra points for the good art, you know, but it's always blowing my mind. Like how do people do that ASCII art? You know, how, how's it done? Like, and, um, And I'd actually put it on Twitter. Um, I'd been working with uh, log files that particular day. And I I was like, oh, how come someone hasn't put the equivalent of this Microsoft tool as a PowerShell tool on the PowerShell gallery? You know, because it'd be really helpful if someone did. And um, it was an MVP, Justin Grote, I think that's how you pronounce it. But he was just like, oh, just find a C-sharp library that does the heavy lifting, and just turn it into a module, like easy. And again, you know, it's a bit like listening to that James guy on the show, you know, like some people are like, like just so intelligent and like, you know, know what they're on about in many different languages that they kind of expect that everyone's on that level with them. So um, I was trying to think of something clever to say back to this, uh, Justin. Um, but before I knew it, this like other Clever guy. Um, I can't quite pronounce his name, but he has an awesome website, Evo Tech. And um, he said, Hey, I've done it already. Here's the module. And I'm like, Damn, like, how'd you do this, guys? And, you know, I've been learning, like you said, you know, PowerShell since version one. And, you know, I bought the books, I've paid for some courses. But this whole like binary module thing just seems a bit of a gray area. You know, like, no, no real courses to my knowledge are on it. And, and it's because it's all C-sharp. So um, recently what I've been doing is uh, going to newget.org, I think it is off the top of my head, the URL. And from that website, you can look at these C-sharp libraries that people have created. And that particular ASCII to text one was on there. And I found that and I was able to compile all that into a PowerShell binary module. And yeah, it's super cool. Like you can get some really nice images off of that, you know. And I'm like I said, I, I you know, I grew up with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, they're awesome. So, but I've never seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles last week. So yeah.
1: you put Invincible in there too.
2: Yeah. So, like. um, it, yeah. So anything that I see out there that's cool. And it's not in on the PowerShell Gallery, or you know, someone else hasn't done it. Then boom, I'll do it and I'll share it because maybe someone else out there will find it useful. You know, like
1: there's about to be a lot of ASCII art uh, going on around around here. This was a great find for me.
2: Yeah, definitely. You can even do yourself on my blog. Like if you check the blog page, you can take a picture of an actual, you know. Person or whatever scene, and and convert that to ASCII as well, which is that's pretty mad, you know. But um, yeah, you can definitely have a lot of fun with that module.
0: Wow, yeah, your repositories are pretty cool. Kind of reminds me of James Brundage, where there's just like a lot of really cool tools that you can just quickly
1: borrow and start using. Well, there's another one that uh, really stuck out to me, and it's read PDFs because. As, as someone I got my IT start in the mortgage industry and I dealt with nothing but PDFs in an email environment and there's no way to compress that or do anything with it. So the ability to read PTFs could have I, I could have used this like six years ago, but I'm curious about how you got there. And it says it's got some C sharp in that one.
2: Again, my friend, that's the, another binary module and um it actually i could have done with that about 6 years ago as well because the current dilemma at the company i was working at was they couldn't send all the invoices out to the customers and we're talking like just over 5000 customers i think it was so if you're going to miss like 5000 customers worth of invoices you're losing a lot of money you know if you can't send it out and basically i used the tech sharp library ell which is what's in that binary module but i was actually able to use um a totally different command line executable to split the pdfs like this one big 20 megabyte pdf file split it all to pages use this TechSharp library that's in that thing to read the pdf to then put a regular expression to get email or whatever and then attach that invoice to the email and send it to the customer and um i didn't have very long to write that script but thankfully it all worked and the business flowed for another week but yeah that was actually the the tried and um method or you know had to be the solution for a few months but um yeah, so I don't know. I was thinking about that issue, and I saw that PDF library. And um, obviously, my name's Adam Bacon, and that particular library was using like PDF Pig or something. So I was just like, "That looks like a good match," you know what I mean? So yeah, I built it. But yeah, it's quite handy. And like I've showed a demo on my um, blog site how I, you know, if I try to read a PDF of my CV, it just all comes out as gobbledygook. But you use this module and you can like see everything that's on the CV. So, um, cause it's PDF. But yeah. So I'm chucking it on my blog site. Uh, just, yeah. Just it out there. And what was your blog site? Yeah, no worries. So it's, uh, my first name, Adam, and then it's a hyphen and then bacon BACON and then a full stop and then net lefy netlify n-e-t-l-i-f-y dot app and hopefully you should see a web page there come up and i'll put my history about you know about me things i've done i've got my cv on there but i've got my recent modules and as well like crescendo like um i've written quite a few crescendo modules now and um just anything that i've had to deal with uh in a day job like i i ended up using Wireshark to solve a particular problem uh a recent work placement and again no equivalent of that is on the powershell gallery so as they've got a command line version of a shark aka t shark i made that into a crescendo module which was awesome again you know thanks to mr adam Driscoll for that because uh He was kind enough to um, share a tweet on his PowerShell EU conference and um, explain the process that he used to do do the Crescendo modules. Which I then asked him, "Dude, is it cool if I was to use that to create this?" He was like, "Yeah, man. Like that's why I did this, you know, template because I'm hoping that other people would go on and use it to develop other things." um, Yeah, I've gone and built some. Slightly so like older command line executables like Robocopy, for example, um, which got quite a few likes on Twitter. Which again, you know, it's just one of those classic tools that is kind of forgotten because it's so old. And and when you're using these old school DOS commands, you've got all these like wonderful parameters that don't really make sense, and you you know you have to look at the help text and everything, and um, so yeah, if I build them into a PowerShell module with easy to understand parameters, then that's a win-win in my book. I'm sorry, my daughter was just at the door. And I'm like, what's up? Like, you can see I'm busy, like it's really important. Go away. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think that um our guest last week, his grandson came on camera for a little bit, um just opened up the door and was there and oh hi. Um it was actually kind of cute, so no worries. Yeah, I, I
2: saw that show, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, wow, sounds like quite the journey you've been on so far with PowerShell. Um, do you think that the PowerShell team has lived up to their sacred vow of, you know, if you learn PowerShell, it'll be the best decision you've ever made and they'll keep working to make that true?
2: I just, um, you know, I don't know whether I can publicly say this, but that Steve at the PowerShell, shell team man that is a legend like he's invited me for a ride and he's like amazing porsche car i mean like if, if they ain't like amazing people like you know i kind of joke joke with him on twitter saying, oh yeah like when when am i gonna get a ride in that porsche Steve? And he's just like anytime you want man like if you're in the area we we can go for a ride and, you know what i mean um, but yeah totally uh how PowerShell's developed um it yeah they've done a great job you know um obviously jeffrey snover he's 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 like the godfather and he's he put it all together but um yeah they're, they're just doing an amazing job and for it to be multi-platform now as well you know to run on linux and mac and and windows you know like sky's the limit you know that's what i think with powershell you know anything's possible and and yeah, you know, they keep on bringing out cool stuff for PowerShell and the PowerShell team. So, um, but yeah, massive respect to Steve for offering me that ride in his lovely motor. So, I'll certainly be taking that up. All, all I've got to do is set up a GoFundMe now is to get money for the plane ticket and then, you know, come over to the States and yeah, I'll be ready for that ride.
0: Here's what I think, Adam I think that you need to apply to speak at Summit and get accepted and then get a really nice job that gives you a ton of money. So you can come on over (laughs) and, uh, you can come out to summit, hang out in Seattle, get a ride. It'll be a good time.
2: It would be awesome. Would be
1: awesome. Yeah. Summit. I don't know. You said you saw a message from Adam Drisco about the PS summit. You were able to attend that one or was it just, you just missed that one.
2: Yeah. Sadly guys. Um, having four amazing daughters does keep you know you pretty busy on top of that i've got two sharp a's and i've also got three cats as well and don't forget the giant land snow downstairs so my house is pretty busy but um and in all honesty with covid and everything my passport's expired and um I maybe could have got borrowed a mate's boat or something in kind a of dinghy to try and get over to Vienna, but yeah, so uh, I sadly didn't make it. Um, just yeah, just financial and you know, um, just being able to get out of the country with not hold having a valid passport.
1: They get they get real uh, snippy about that.
2: Uh, well, you know, we left the EU now, haven't we? The UK left the EU, so yeah, you know, can't can't do it.
0: Now you mentioned you have been using Netlify. Can you speak to that? I've heard a lot of great things from a lot of different people about how it's this great platform. And I believe Joey Aiello left Microsoft and the PowerShell team to go work at Netlify. Um, What is Netlify and how are you using it?
2: Okay, um, so with all these uh, modules that I've been recently producing, one of them is called retype. So that's R for Romeo, E for Echo, and then tango Yankee Papa Echo retype. Yeah. And that allows you to create um, static markdown documentation pages. So, like I said, as I was totally gutted that um, I was no longer working at the company due to being made redundant that I was doing all the dashboards at. and you know, I really did miss you using like PowerShell Universal and what it could do. Obviously, you know, if you start a new company and you tell them about this amazing software, but they're going to have to buy it, you know, and they'll, they'll just basically tell you, sorry, kid, you know, we've already paid thousands of pounds for this software or something. So we, we we can't do that. But, um, yeah, this retype basically allows you to build websites and in markdown, um, so it's very, very simple to do, and then host them. Um, on their website, retype.com, they've got the instructions for hosting it on GitHub. And um, although I've I've got a blog on GitHub, psdev.github.io um, forward slash UD hyphen flicks, you know, I've got a website and, but it wasn't easy peasy to get it up and running on GitHub, you know, like, I had to install Jekyll and I think Ruby and do all this like stuff to get it all to work. And it, it wasn't, you know, piece of cake. So, um, I, I built this retype module, which I thought was super cool because it it's got like a built in template of dark and light mode. You can search the website. You can look at the history of your website. It's just a nice layout, you know, and it works dynamically sizing. Um, And so I was like, damn, I don't want to go through the whole GitHub thing, you know, being a complicated process. So I actually saw on YouTube that there was a video of some guy who'd used Retype and was hosting it on Netlify. He showed the process of how he did that. And I was just like, damn, that's 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 like me, that's simple proof, you know, like anybody could do that. Like you just, got to drag and drop the folder and boom it's done and obviously where i've got a github account i was able to log into the netlify using my github so i didn't you know the login was dead simple it took me like a minute or so to set up the url and that like for the page to be hosted on netlify and then like i say this retype module that i've built i didn't I didn't build the program. It's literally just me putting a wrapper around .NET program, but it works now as like PowerShell commandlets to build your own um, website. So literally, all I do is do like initialize hyphen retype build, and I point it to the path of the project that I've been working on. That builds the project, and literally, I can then just drag and drop that folder. Into Netlify on the upload, and boom! Like within a few minutes, my website's all been updated online, and and I could tweet about some new blog that I've written or something. So yeah, it's just a really simple process, and it worked really nicely for this documentation slash personal blog site that I'm currently doing.
0: Netlify seems like to be a really cool thing worth exploring some more, and it sounds like you're happy with using it as like your blog platform kind of thing of of choice. Um, and you mentioned it's uh, it takes Markdown files, so it's just like a static site generator kind of deal. Um, is that correct?
2: That that is correct indeed. So the retype module, there is a few um, is it YAML files, which um, it's like the configuration for the web page of, you know, who the author is and what icon you want display in. But yeah, literally the web pages that I'm developing on that blog site are literally just markdown files. So I'm using good old trusted notepad.exe. I just literally fire up notepad.exe and I can just get, just typing in my brain, like, all my thoughts and you know what's happening what i'm blogging about and it's just so easy and and like i say if you go to the retype.com website and if you look at their components you'll see that all right it's not quite universal dashboard aka powershell universal standard but it's a pretty sweet template and you know it looks dynamic-y enough and like i said is uh, there's ways you know i've already thought about how you could get like dynamic markdown working um it would involve like updating it more regularly but um I-, I think it all works it's really nice and it's just so simple that you can create nice little little looking components or embed videos on your web page and you really don't have to know any HTML or anything. It's just getting to type and document what you want.
0: Yeah, we try and always encourage our audience and people who listen to start blogging if they haven't yet. Um, it's not to become famous or to be the world's biggest blogger, but it's to start the process of putting yourself out there to get feedback from others, to um, really solidify what you learn and put it into a form that you can come back to years later. Uh, have you found the process of blogging to be enjoyable? Has it had any positive impact on your life?
2: Hey guys, I'm I'm on this show. You know, that's positive. Right? You know, if that blog page helped me get here, like boom, it was worth it, you know. Yeah. Um yeah, basically, I, I know as well because I watched previous shows that you know you guys are into your UFC as well. That's that's cool. Love my UFC here. And, you know, our Liverpool lad, Paddy the Baddy, you know, he just come off that amazing win and he was able to go on and talk about mental health and that, uh, you know, which I thought was an amazing thing to do. And I don't know, it just kind of helps me just if I'm feeling, you know, like pent up or if you've had a bad day, it's great to just then, you know, blog about something cool and positive and, you know, something that you've enjoyed doing. Um, I am kind of a bit gutted because a lot of cool stuff that I've done, because I've done it at work in work, time, I can't, I can't share that with you guys. Sadly, you know, I can't just stick it on the PowerShell gallery. And even if you know it saves so many hours or something, and you know, that's the only downside for me is that I haven't been able to share all of those scripts, or you know, I've had to rewrite them some of them myself. You know, if I go to a different company. Um, but yeah, you know, blogging for me is just a great way that I can just get whatever's in my head out there to people, and you know, hopefully for like what various you know people have done through my my career, hopefully give that you know spark or ignition someone to be like, whoa, that's really cool. I didn't know you could do that. I, I want to do that, you know, and get on and learn. And it, it's just it's just a really yeah good good thing I think to be doing blogging and and publishing modules you know like I I said to someone someone wrote to me on twitter going like it was only last night and they're like hmm should should I do this command line tool should I make it into you know crescendo module is it worth it and and I'm like mate if it saves you time and you think it's worth it then I'm sure someone else out there is doing a similar job to you and they would also benefit from it. So for me, as long as I can justify the module and what I'm doing and it helps me and I know that it could benefit someone else in the world, then yeah, that's that's um a total do do it in my book. You know, you shouldn't shouldn't think, Oh, should, should I do a blog? Shouldn't I do a blog? Just just do it, you know, it could really help you.
1: Yeah. The that thought process is very common. I, I run into that all the time. Once I've done something in PowerShell, in my mind, it is at that point, since I have done it, it's so simple. Anyone could have done it and there's no value. And it's it's something that I'm, I'm working to shift away from because everything I've done, even if I think it's cool, once I've done it, it's like, well, anyone could have done this then. So it's it's. Uh, I understand where he was coming from in the tweet. It's a very common mindset, but it's definitely one that I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I'll work through it here here soon. Cause I would like to start putting more stuff up than I do.
0: Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. Um, it's, there's so many small little battles, at least for me involved in, in publishing blogs that once you kind of get past those initial ones, it becomes a little bit easier. And for a while there, when I was in a nice little habit of blogging and kind of regularly sharing it really in my life and in my career helped like foster a very nice growth learning situation for me because i was always kind of looking for oh what's the next blog post i'm gonna be plucking away on okay i finished that up i solidify that knowledge i move to the next thing oh a couple months later i get one comment on that blog yes yes awesome so amazing i remember those first few when i wrote um a blog that was actually used by others, it was like, oh my gosh, you you almost feel like connected and part of this bigger world that so many of us observe, right? So many of us read blogs. Pretty much everyone who listens here reads different PowerShell blogs. And to take that step from like observing to participating and given the PowerShell community support, they're going, you're probably gonna have a pretty good experience doing your first blog post. Um, it really kind of helps push you into this new place with a whole bunch of momentum behind you. Um, and I definitely encourage anyone out there looking to kind of take things to the next level to get involved in blogging, um, for sure. And it doesn't have to be perfect, right? We always encourage that. Um, but yeah, sounds like it's had a pretty cool impact on your career so far. And, uh, that's just the beginning, right? Cause the blogs are still out there.
2: Hey, they are. I've got, I've got two that I'm going to write. Um, maybe even today depending how much you know writer's block I might suffer from but um yeah you know I'm sorry if there is any spelling mistakes um that is on my list you see guys I thought of a spelling check module because some of us just like to use notepad to do our work in so yeah well
0: so you say spelling check module that sounds a bit a little bit like this thing called linting um, and I'm not like an expert on it. I just, I wrote a chapter in one of the PowerShell conference books and they did a whole bunch of that type of stuff. So you'd like submit your chapter written in Markdown and they would run a bunch of tests to make sure that it, meet, it met all these different language requirements so that it could be like a professional technical book. Not sure if there's any overlap there, but I can say that it would be pretty useful to just be able to um, use PowerShell for that though. It'd be very cool.
2: I've already got an idea, guys. Um, There's APIs out there uh, i just um when i'm doing this api modules like i, I put one on yesterday or last night i'm um, new avatar new hyphen avatar it's just doing a simple api lookup. uh you get back like an avatar picture based on the name you supply but yeah it's just it's just something simple and and cool you know what i mean so if it, to me it doesn't exist then make it and that's what I'd be looking to do with the spell check one, unless one of you kind guys want to do it for me and save me a bit of a bit of time. But yeah. Um.
1: Okay, so it looks like the most recent one module you talk about, and this one that I was interested in, is a uh, comic converter. Uh, so is this is this something to where you can scan ink uh, comic books? Does something? That are good. What does this do with comic books? Uh, give me your sales pitch i'm an investor
2: hey comics are cool read comic books um yeah no i i i love comic books when i i tend to tell people oh, i read graphic novels because it sounds a bit more you know adult like than rather reading comic books but um yeah so basically um i when i got into comic books uh i was re- using Amazon sadly bought out comiXology and totally ruined the platform. Damn you, Amazon. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, comic books, when you purchase them as digital comic books, you might get it as a PDF or it might be a CBR or a CBZ. CBZ. Um, and some people might be like, oh, I prefer reading everything in CBR format or I prefer PDFs. And... Or you might even have a pdf document that you only want the images from so yeah this module um will allow you to uh convert between various formats for your comic book books that you've um, purchased online and you can convert them to your favorite format or Um, Maybe you're creating your own comic book and you've got all these images like one, two, three, four, five, you know, all like PNG or JPEGs. You can then make all of those into a CBR format or something to then have as an official comic book. So um, I know it's going to be totally pointless for like pretty much 99% of the community. But for the one percenters out there like myself, who like comic books and, you know, have quite a few purchased comic books for comiXology, it could be useful for you. So, yeah, that's what that one's all about.
1: I'm already combining modules in my head. I'm going to combine this with the uh, image to text, and I'm going to make ASCII comics.
2: Yeah, hey, I, um, I actually, I sadly didn't get a tweet back from him, but I, the guy, Um, I don't know if you guys have watched it, Invincible, it's on Amazon love that show no okay put it on your to watch list invincible it is animated but it's like oh it's one of the greatest comic books ever i'd actually read the comic book series it came out quite a while ago but um you know i I tweeted one of the artists you know like an ascii picture of invincible and i was thinking he's like yeah that's really cool but I obviously hurt his feelings or something because I haven't had a reply yet. But, you know, um, yeah, one one can only hope, you know, that he sends me a signed copy back of, like, you know, Invincible Picture.
1: We should put a warning for those if, as a recommendation that it is quite violent. So if that's something you're comfortable with and that's not for you, but the story is extremely compelling. I love it.
0: I think that you recommended it to me, actually.
1: Because I liked uh, the boys yes, on
0: Amazon, so it's on my recommended list already. I will definitely have to check it out. It's really good.
2: Yeah, sadly, all my comic books are downstairs. I'm I'm in my bedroom. I'm doing this, you know, presentation. But yeah, the boys. If you if you did like the TV series, you should definitely definitely read the graphic novels of it because they're just so much better. Like honestly. Can't
0: beat the graphic novels. I, as a kid, I loved graphic novels. I thought it was so cool that you could have so much adventure and world, you know, because it's all animated and stuff, in a book. You know, it really felt so cool. There were like battle scenes and stuff I remember as a kid, and it was really like a portal to a new world whenever I got one of those thick, like, I don't know what you call them, graphic novels, I guess. Um, yeah. Cool yeah. stuff. Now, I was um, doing some browsing on your Twitter and do you have some DJ experience? I saw you were throwing a little rave.
2: Yeah, i got some little annoying ravers in my house. Um, yeah, <laughs> sadly, again, guys, you know, I, I didn't know if it was a show and tell. I, and then I did my research and realized I, I wasn't going to need all my demonstration and projector or other equipment that I don't have. But um, yeah, when I was much, much younger and had the full head of hair, um, I used to really like my music, and so yeah, I do own a pair of Technic Twelve Tens Mark Threes downstairs. And every now and then, Dad dusts dusts them off, and then you know I get on there and have a little jam. So um, yeah, which is cool. But yeah, uh, sadly, I didn't I didn't become a mega famous superstar DJ. So yeah.
0: <laughs> do you know Brett Miller?
2: I'm going to be meeting him in person at this Southampton PowerShell talk that I've been invited to. So um, that's going to be cool. And I did see on his Twitter that he actually posted about some vinyl that he got from like a, a shop that, you know, was a, an amazing find. But um, yeah, so I am going to be meeting him. We are on following each other on Twitter, but I've not met him in person just yet.
0: You you might have a lot in common with him because uh, I believe he's into DJing as well. He's just kind of getting back into it again, so a lot of stuff to talk about there. Yeah, well, cool yeah, um, yeah. We need to get him on the show sometime. He's he's very cool. Now you mentioned way back in the day, the instructors uh, Don Jones kind of helped you really piece together a lot of the stuff that you read in those uh, books, like PowerShell in Action by Bruce Payette. Um, where was like the center of the PowerShell world back then? Was it like on the scripting guy blog? Was it I don't think it was Reddit, but where were communications happening? Um, how were people getting information about PowerShell? Was it primarily just the Microsoft blog thing?
2: Yeah, I think um the scripting guy, aka Ed Wilson, um, yeah, he was, you know, he was great, you know, the, the things that he would chuck out there and I was so passionate about PowerShell. You know, I've always been passionate about PowerShell. And I actually um got chatting to the scripting guy's wife, Teresa Wilson, yeah? um, And I really wanted to start my own, like, gospel PowerShell group. And at the time, you know, I'd got a venue, a school and that, but sadly the people that I was working for were like, no, that's a big no-no, you can't do it. So, you know, I was totally gutted. Um and you know, I just yeah, I just couldn't quite get this sort of hype train running that I wanted to with PowerShell to be able to, you know, share experience in that because like you say, is the only real source of information was, you know, the scripting guy or these books that I'd purchased. Um, but like I said, not all the books that I purchased had made total sense even though i'd read them and read them again and you know if i bought um that mark rasanovich Sis internals book like damn like honestly if we ever have a world catastrophe like it's going to be mark rasanovich adam driscoll jj like jeffrey Snover. they're going to be the superheroes who end up saving the world or like fixing it all you know like seriously that mark rasanovich like he he knew how to debug Windows better than what Microsoft did, you know. But when you got someone like that, that highly intelligent, and they're writing a book, they're, they're putting their intelligence on paper. But it might take some, you know, simpleton like myself, three or four or five or maybe ten reads of that same bit of text for it to go, ding, that's what he's on about. But, yeah, you know, um, it was the same with the PowerShell, because like, it was so scarce it was just the case of reading that one snippet of information you could find again and again and again until you're like ah that's what it you know and then be able to develop it on on from there but um yeah you know like the 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 PowerShell, it, it there wasn't nowhere near you know as much stuff as what there is now and things like discord didn't even exist did they And you know so yeah um
0: and You mentioned reading and rereading books, Um, and I can relate to that. I can relate to wanting to learn PowerShell, being passionate about it, seeking out things to read, and then reading them and not being able to fully understand and apply that information. It sounds like you kind of went through a similar thing, and I imagine a lot of our audience members, um, especially ones that are newer into PowerShell, Uh, experience some of that with some of the topics we talk about where they'll get some of the words, but maybe it won't all click. They won't get the full idea of what's going on. Um, what do you recommend to people that are kind of in that phase of things where they're trying to learn the stuff, not always having success, maybe kind of waffling between pushing to the next level or kind of staying where they are. How did you kind of get past that stuff?
2: I guess it's, um, you know, being being a dad myself now, you know, and telling your kids, just try your best, don't give up, you know, practice makes perfect. And I guess if if you can practice in what you preach and don't give up and, you know, keep going. And I suppose it's like, how much do you want to learn this? You know, Um, I wish I could give up smoking, you know, that's random fact about me. I'm still smoking. I shouldn't be. It's a disgusting habit. I don't really want to give up. You know, I know I should give up. And that's probably why I haven't quit smoking. But it's like, if you don't really want to learn PowerShell, if it's just kind of like, there's some other guy at work, who can do that. Or if you're not really committed to it, then you're not going to learn it. You know, like I put in my blog, like I think I was the only kid at my school who, who was allowed in my year to drop out of French why it just it's a foreign language i don't understand it man you know but yet here i am like years later and i'm writing a foreign language and you know aka powershell and i love it to bits you know but i guess i didn't have the same enthusiasm about learning french as i do about learning powershell and you know you've got to want to learn it and and if you can find someone like i related to john jones's style of teaching the best you know like the you guys are so lucky you've had amazing people on this show like the mike robbins who was on here um you know adam driscoll i've mentioned multiple times and some of these people just the way that they're able to teach you or you know what they've published and it makes a lot more sense than how this guy wrote it you know or in this book that you've bought so Again, like, if you want to learn PowerShell, you've got to want to learn it. There's no one that can kind of just, you know, uh, just feed it to you or something. You're never magically just going to get it. You've got to want to learn it. But if if you keep trying and you don't give up, then you're going to succeed, you know?
0: Yeah, I think that's some, some great advice. Um... Practice makes improvement and perfection, right? So if you can remind yourself that you do have what it takes, you don't need to be a born genius coder superstar to be able to figure out some of this more advanced stuff that we sometimes talk about, or you may have read about. Um, Celebrate the wins that you do get, even if you don't write an insanely complex this or that. If you write a one-liner and it, it does something useful for you or where you work, celebrate that. That is worth celebrating. Don't get caught up comparing yourself to us or the the people who maybe have been doing PowerShell longer or have, have gotten farther with it. Um, yeah, I think that one day, I, I think a lot of what we do on this podcast and a lot of what, for me, reading those books, maybe before I was ready to absorb it all, what it kind of does for me, it, it paints a little bit of a picture of where you're going. So we mentioned Netlify. That might be overwhelming for some people. They're still learning modules. That's fine. Six months a year from now, two years from now, you've already heard about Netlify. you know it's a thing. we're kind of familiarizing yourself with some of these advanced terms. We mentioned libraries in our last episode. so if you're listening to these and you're not grasping everything all the way i I say that you're still making improvement because you're reducing the barrier to entry to these more complex topics in the future by the time you're putting in now um, but it's such a that's one of the things I enjoy the most about PowerShell is that and, and really most things that that are good hobbies, is you can keep getting better. There's always room for improvement. There's always someone you can compare yourself to and, and feel like, wow, I have some work to do. And there's probably some people who you would come across as an absolute wizard compared to them. Um, so it's, yeah, comparing ourselves can be not the most productive at times. Um, But if you're listening to this podcast, you're likely doing the right things and headed on the right track. If you've made it however long we are into this episode and are still interested and are still curious, then you have that passion, I believe, that you referred to, Adam. Um, And I'm excited to see, if if you're listening and you're feeling that passion and and you haven't figured it all out, I'm excited to see what your journey will look like because we've heard of Adam's and it's been quite uh, impressive and fun and really gone all over the place um so yeah stick with it everybody um and to you adam with this whole journey you've been on on powershell where you are today with your skills and and some of the things you've accomplished some of the projects and stuff like that did you imagine you would be kind of where you are today
2: um i don't know like uh, i guess that's a tough one like like you say if you if you're in a mindset comparison you're thinking well I've been doing this for like 20 years i I could be should i be running my own company by now you know should i have been a director or you know chief of security or something um i mean i'm happy in what i do you know um i think that's one of the main things for when you get out of bed in the morning is to want to enjoy your job enough that you want to get out of bed you know to go to work like one of the worst things is you know, when you get up in the morning, you're "Damn, I have to go to work today." I mean, I knew my current contract—I was just contracting in my last job—that that was coming to an end. Hence, why I got building the website. Um, so currently, right at the moment, I'm not, you know, in work. I'm hoping I've—I've I've got a few things lined up, but you know, I'm—I'm I'm happy where I am at my career. I know, like you say, like even if you're producing these one-liners of code, but that's doing something that normally took that company five minutes and that had to be done like 10 times a day then you do the maths you count that five minutes up times 10 times like by five times more like 52 you know whatever the week's the year 51 or whatever and you get some massive savings um i know not everybody is on board for automating things and I know some companies have changed processes that you have to go through and certain rules and procedures, you know, and best practices to follow. But end of the day for me, yeah, just, just doing scripting that is just such a good time saver and sort of like just rewarding feeling that, you know, that you've you've done something that you know is, is going to save this company loads of money, even if they don't say thank you to you, you know. It's great if they do like obviously thank yous and you know, manners like I tell my kids they don't cost anything so you know you can use manners but yeah it, for me it's just like every time that I can nail a script that I know it's going to do the job a lot faster and more accurately and never make a mistake then it's a great feeling and so yeah you know I'm, I'm just happy yeah doing that with crew
1: yeah no earlier you mentioned things like should I be a director or uh chief of security. And I have, I have strong opinions on this. Uh, the moment I am put over any sort of people in a management job, I no longer love the job. So I'm always going to be in the tech just because that's what I say that, but here I am doing webcasts and podcasts talking about, I don't do anything practical anymore, but the, the, the idea that management is the only path forward. That's where you need to be. I I just don't like it because that's my own personal hell. Like I just want to be I, I want to make the people that want to do that look good. I don't want to be up in that position. It just sounds awful.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think it sounds that all aw- I mean, I can see how some of the day-to-day responsibilities sound awesome. But for me, it sounds, I- I'm interested by the ability to influence culture and stuff. Cause a lot of times in those types of roles, where if you're like C-suite or any kind of director, or even just a manager, your ability to like, lead by example and have that kind of trickle down is a bit more not saying you can't from like a non-management role kind of like help things change but i do like the 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 thought of the positive impact that can come from that type of change despite the fact that it sounds like a lot of work that is not always glamorous um but that being said I'm, i'm super happy in powershell i would not want to trade these problems for something else
2: but um the thing that gets me, sorry guys, with PowerShell, I know um James Brundage was very, you know, like, oh, like if you look on this screen on the, the boys, like you'll see that PowerShell's running there, and you know that Hollywood movies are using it. Obviously, where well, I'm looking for a job right now, and you know, I'll tell this um recruitment consultant, like, yeah, you know, I'm really good at PowerShell or I know PowerShell, and they're like, Power what? You know, we've never heard of that before. And you're thinking, like, really? Like You know, you're an IT recruitment person. You're telling me no one's looking for PowerShell? And um, I actually, uh, my last job offer was actually for a PowerShell developer. Um, I turned it down, though, because uh, the more the job sort of revealed, it it wouldn't have been doing just PowerShell. It would have been handling complaints, doing this, doing, you know, and loads of other things. You know, so I I went with this contract job because I thought it, it was better paying that. I mean, it was a real blast, and you know some of the things that I was able to automate for them, and the amount of users that they have, and the services um for the people that were relying on that um is a massive win.
0: You know, it's awesome, and you can take that confidence and stuff like that into your next job, into your next interview. That's interesting to hear you say that. There's not a lot of recruiters that are familiar with PowerShell that you're seeing. I've kind of found that the the market's a bit fragmented. Like the people that are looking for PowerShell talent aren't able to find it. And the people with PowerShell talent aren't finding those people. Like it's a, it's a weird kind of thing. Because um, I know a lot of people that I talk to, they can't hire PowerShell talent for anything. They can't find enough um, people who know PowerShell. So it's interesting to hear that you're kind of experienced the inverse, which is they don't know what PowerShell is. The companies don't
2: yeah sadly like honestly some of the jobs that i've been in and more recent jobs that um literally like i am the only person in that whole company seems to know powershell like yeah there's a few people who can copy and paste a powershell script and run it but if that copy and paste off the internet doesn't work they're doomed like they can't fix it and i'm like really like it's 2022 like has no one else you know jumped on this train and and then again like you see these processes that people are doing you're like you could do this in all in a few lines in powershell you know it's going to save you remoting onto that desktop opening up this application looking at that you know you could just write a little function and just go and and it's there and you got all the information and yeah so sadly um for myself it does seem you know the jobs that i get in um but a lot of stuff is being done manually that definitely could be automated, but yet just no one at that facility knows enough about PowerShell or has enough confidence to be able to automate that task, which again is just crazy, you know, with 2022, aren't we?
1: Right? It, it seems to me if the I don't know what PowerShell is, that's someone that needs you more than anybody else. Uh, that's a desperate need. They just don't, they're just uh, aware of how desperate the need is. Sounds like it might be the type of thing
0: though, where you're going to be swimming upstream. If no yeah. one knows about it and they're not hiring you to start it, it's like you have the burden of teaching everyone and implementing and getting buy-in, uh, which can be gratifying, but also probably exhausting.
1: Yeah, I ran into, cause I was one of the few people at the previous job where I was using it. And it just became like a, a magic wand. You'd be in a meeting and it's, "Can someone do this?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, Jordan can do that." And I'd always just say, "Yeah," even if I didn't know how to do it now. I was like, "Yeah, I can," just because. But it just became like the the magic wand. No one understood what it was, but it's like what well, it seems really useful.
2: Definitely, definitely, yeah. I've been in those same same situations, and I don't know it's just mad. Some of the things that you know I've, I've solved using PowerShell they've been problems for like years, you know, years prior to me even starting that company. And and it just seems mental, you know what I mean? That like so many people have looked at it before the problems come to you. But yeah, if you, search and I don't know, put some commandlets together, you can give them a, a fully automated system or unsolve the problem that no one else could solve. And again, you might might not even be using PowerShell the whole way through that process, but it's involved somewhere in that process or, or it designs the lovely GUI or, you know, whatever to give the end user the ability to run it because that's the other thing that I find is that you can write an amazing script and it can do the job, but if you go to pass that to a colleague and then you gotta try and explain like the dot slash to like you know you execute the PowerShell script and that, and they're just you know they're just gonna lose interest. But if you can give them a, a point and click thing, then yeah, our, uh, Windows admin people seem happy with point and click. So even if it's running a PowerShell script, so. Um, but yeah,
1: that's um my thoughts. All right. Well, I got some good news for you, Mister Bacon you are lined up to watch a master of his craft come forward with the type of shilling that you've only dreamt about. You didn't even know that shilling could be this good. So you get a front row seat to watch a magician work here. Are you ready? I'm watching. I'm ready.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, if you've enjoyed this podcast, if you've been with us the whole time, hanging out, listening to Adam drop knowledge bombs on us, teach us all about his career, his journey. If you're on your PowerShell journey, you want to support the PowerShell podcast, drop us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. Give us a like and a subscribe on YouTube. Say what's up. You can hit us up on Twitter at PowerShellPod, or you can even think about this, Jordan. They can send us an email to powershell at pdq.com and we'll actually see the email and we can reply to it and say hello
1: to them if they are so interested can i just say we get so few emails i emailed it the other day to make sure it was still working so please email us i'm feeling lonely over here people like twitter all right well thank you so much for your time adam this was a fantastic conversation i enjoyed it very much
0: yeah where can people find you papa p for papa s for sierra d for delta E for Echo, B
2: for Victory, U for Umbrella, K for Kilo, ps
0: uk Yep, and if you're looking for PowerShell talent, hit them up.
1: Thanks for listening to the PowerShell Podcast with your hosts, Jordan Hammett and Andrew Plough. You guys rock!
2: We do it because we love you.
1: The PowerShell Podcast is a production of bdq.com.